Exodus chapter 30. Uh, I mentioned this in my email, but uh, I wanted to mention it again in person. Uh, And this chapter is dealing with, uh, for the most part, the altar of incense in the tabernacle. In In the tabernacle, you had the holy place, and then you had the holy of holies. So you had these two rooms that were set up. The holy place was... Uh, about two-thirds of the tabernacle, and then the the backside, the one-third of it was the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was. But the tabernacle inside the holy place, that first room, you had the table of showbread, you had the golden uh, candlestick, and then you had the golden altar. Those are the three pieces of furniture. The candlestick uh, brought light into the room, and you had the, the table of showbread, which was... Um, a continual showing of God's provision that had the bread there, and then you had the golden altar, which burned the incense. And the golden altar, we'll read here, was meant to be positioned right beside the veil. So it was right up against the veil, and then on the other side, of course, was the Holy of Holies. And the position of these pieces of furniture is not insignificant. But if we read there in verse 6 of Exodus 30, it says, Thou shalt put it before the veil, as I said, that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with thee. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lamps. He shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, at even he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual Incense before the Lord throughout your generations, morning and evening, every single day, whether he felt like it or not, whether he was, uh, um, you know, having a good day or a bad day, if I can put it that way, he was there, burning that incense every single day. For how long was this meant to continue? Continue perpetually basically it was not meant to stop and so we we know that in revelation incense is tied very closely to prayer the prayers of god's people and i just want to make a a a reminder give ourselves a reminder here that prayer is not meant to be a one and done event uh, I think that we like these sort of big events. We're doing our conference. That's a that's an event. And uh, we have special meetings. We have special, even a special time of prayer uh, that we might have. Um, I, I was able to see a, a Christian film uh, a number of weeks ago. An enormous amount of work went into it, I could tell. And an enor- enormous amount of expense and yet you watch it and then it's it's you know it's it's good and it's enjoyable and it serves its purpose but it's it's done you you you've consumed it and then it's done uh and then you sort of move on to the next thing um our christian lives are not meant to be this way there is an emphasis here on continual there's an emphasis here on every morning, every night, every single day. 
in fact, if you go into Second Chronicles chapter two, when uh, Solomon is Solomon is getting his temple established, there are three things that are mentioned there that are the function of the temple. I think I mentioned this sometime before. There are three things. Number one is the sweet incense that was to be burning, and you see here it was meant to be a perpetual incense, so something that was done constantly. The second thing was the continual showbread. It actually uses that adjective, continual. So this temple that Solomon was to construct was to have perpetual incense and continual showbread. And the third thing was that there were to be uh, the burnt offering every morning and every evening. So you see the pattern here. It's our, our Christian lives are meant to be lived out every day. There's something going on every day. I think this is part of the difficulty that we have maybe in our, our, our Christian experience across many churches and our own experience perhaps, is that our, our Christian lives are like Sundays, right? Sundays and then maybe Wednesdays. Uh, and then uh, a couple of other scattered things here and there. But there's an emphasis, certainly in the tabernacle um, era, of this continual daily, even multiple times a day, praying and having the gospel presented with the burnt offerings morning and evening, every single day. And I don't know how to, quote-unquote, compete with a world that basically is bombarding us every single day. You have children that go to church with us, and, and, they, and they do all these things. But what are the other days? They're just consuming everything else around them. I think unless we're able to get back to something that appears every single day, we're not going to be able to uh, make an impact on our own lives, never mind the lives of our children. So this idea of daily is very, very important. And I believe this is why family worship is so important because that is the first stop. That is where you are. You're in your home every single day. And so you, that, that's, that's your best chance of having something every single day. But certainly a prayer meeting like this is very helpful, I think, as well, every single day. And one more thing I want to say in connection with this discipline of being able to engage our hearts on a, on a daily basis is this. If you, if you think about these priests and what they had to do perpetually every single day, whether or not they felt like it, they had to do it. What would prevent a priest or anyone in that era, what would prevent them from becoming mechanical in this and mindless and just going into autopilot? They're burning incense. Next day, they're burning incense. Next day, they're burning incense. Next day, we're meeting for prayer. Next day, we're meeting for prayer. What are we? Day 600-something, we're meeting for prayer. What 
what prevents this from becoming mechanical? Because we all we all know that that would be an awful thing. Just going through the motions, just another religious exercise, just another vain, empty ritual that we're, we're, we're that we're involved in, that we've invented for ourselves. What will prevent that from happening? It's really important. I believe it's that little phrase that we see there in verse 6 at the very end. This is where I will meet with thee. I will meet with thee. What prevented those priests from becoming, from allowing all of these rituals to just degenerate into something that's totally mechanical is that they saw the glory of God. The Shekinah glory, they saw the, the cloudy pillar, they saw the fiery pillar. Every day was a reminder that God is here. This is where he promised to meet with us. And if we lose that, that's why I started my prayer that way. If we lose the sense of that, whether it's here, whether it's in our churches, if we lose the sense that we're actually, like actually, meeting with God, if we ever lose that, then it becomes mechanical, and it's it, we've we've lost. It's died, and so this prayer meeting is is we have to be very vigilant in ensuring that we're praying that God will meet with us. You know, I I mentioned that I been talking with a man to introduce prayer meetings to his homeschooling conventions, which would be a wonderful thing. What a wonderful opportunity that would be. But friends, it's not just about, oh, now we're doing a prayer meeting. It's not just about the the format of, yay, we've introduced a prayer meeting to, to this new convention. If they don't meet with the Lord there, believe me, it will it will get old very fast. And it won't last. The whole thing, this whole thing is not about the prayer meeting per se. It's not about the format of it. It's not about anything that's that's mechanical like that. It's about meeting with the Lord. We have to meet with the Lord. Personally, in our daily Bible reading, in our prayer meetings, in our church meetings, this homeschool thing, if they don't meet with the Lord, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. We have to meet the Lord even now and even here.